0: Oh, that's my little girl, <laughs> and it's hard to get up after that, honestly, it really, really is. Um, okay, good morning, good. Is, is it still morning? Yeah, we are still morning, just about, only for about 15 minutes. Good morning, if it's your first time here this morning, can I personally give you a great welcome, say we are so, so glad to see you. Glad you made the effort to come here. I hope we don't disappoint. We're going to go out of our way to give you everything you need. And don't leave this place if you didn't get what you came here for. Grab one of us and we'll help you. We'll talk through. We'll do whatever it takes. Could we get the house lights up just a touch for me if that's okay? Um, on that, a quick one on Hannah. Hannah and Chase are coming over. It should be said that this, if you believe in God, this was a real God connection. Hannah coming over quite a few years ago now, 2016. So a lot of you won't actually even know Hannah, but those of you that do will remember what an incredible impact this girl had on this church and her family as well. We're still in relationship with them. My daughter, my eldest daughter, went over to Texas for her wedding a couple of years ago, and it's just an incredible relationship that we have with this girl. Get excited. Hannah and Chase are great people, and they're going to come, and they're going to... Uh, bring something different, add something a little bit different, a little bit of spice to the church. It'll be exciting, it'll be good. Um, I started reading, uh, writing a book a few years ago. Not many of you know that. Um, I want to read an excerpt of, of it. It's the beginning, it's the opening of the book. Are you interested? Fancy hearing the opening of my book. It's, a, it's not a fiction book, it's a fact book. Non-fiction book. Non-fiction book. I only read non-fiction books, and I read a lot of books. But anyway, this is is the beginning, the opening, and it's true. It's based on, on, you know, my book. So it was late at night, and I was alone in the four-story house I lived in at the time. The house was in complete darkness, not because I was asleep, but because I was expecting visitors. The kind of visitors you don't want calling at your house late at night. I was petrified inside. Like a rabbit caught in the headlights, I didn't know whether to jump left or right, so I froze and stayed exactly where I was. Suddenly, I heard the knock at the door I'd feared. I'd hoped it wouldn't come, but when it did, it was loud and forceful. Not the kind of knock you expect from someone you once called a friend, but then what did I expect? from this type of friend. Bang, 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 the knock of a clenched fist, not the tap of a friend's knuckles. I froze, I didn't move at first for fear of being noticed. I was just the other side of the door anyway, so if I moved, they might hear me, and then the game would be up. I waited, wondering what would happen next. Would they give up and go away, or would they keep trying? Maybe they were around the back of the house Two, just waiting for me to try and make my escape, so they could catch me. But nothing happened. It seemed to wait for an eternity for something to happen. A sign, any kind of sign, just something that would let me know my fate. Then it came. That horrible sound of glass smashing, the kind you hear when something terrible has happened, a car crash or a breaking. By this time, I'd retreated to my bedroom upstairs, would I be safe up there? It felt safer to be further away from the threat. But who was I fooling? Only myself. If they got in, I would have nowhere to go. I just waited and waited for the noise of footsteps. But none came. That was actually something that happened to me in around about 1994. It was a different life. I was a very different person then. And I'd had word. I was associating with people that it wouldn't be wise to associate with. And word had got back to me that I was going to get a visit that night. And we're not on about the kind of visit you get in, you know, the three angels in, uh, you know, yeah, you know the story. Uh, This was a different kind of visitor. This was a visitor who was demanding money. This was the kind of person who had been in and out of prison, violent, you name it. And and I I was expecting this to happen. Um, I, I was waiting in the house and. And as I said at the end of it, they the never actually came. Just my windows were put in. And then a, another friend that I had uh, that knew what was about to happen, or certainly he knew the threat that had been given, he turned up maybe an hour later. Um, and it was and still is one of the most significant nights of my life. It really, really was. This, because this was a night when I, I really experienced in a different way than I'd ever experienced before, the true grand... Oh, no, a glimpse, perhaps, would be a better way of putting it. A glimpse of some of the grandeur of God. This, this guy, this friend, he turned up at my house, and uh, he picked me up by this time. The, the guys who'd come and put the windows in had, had long gone. They'd left. And he took me back to his dad's house, actually, We'd been friends for a few years. We were really, really good mates. And we went back to his dad's house and his, his dad made me chicken in black bean sauce. He made it for both of us. Apparently, it was his dad's kind of signature dish. And wow, did it taste good. Have you ever had one of them meals, right? When you eat it and, and it, it does something to you because it kind of gets you inside. It's like your body is so in need that you could only imagine the amount of adrenaline and stress and cortisol that had been running through my veins. And, and my body was feeling the toll by this point. And when I got this meal and I sat down eating it, suddenly in a safe place, this meal just went down inside. And the only way I could describe it was it was like my body was was kind of thanking me for this food and sustenance with a warm hug. Do you know that feeling? Have you ever been that tired when you get that meal and you just, you're like, you just need it? And it really, and, and me and Gary, his name was, this, this friend, we, we spent the night at his dad's and I remember kind of us lying in the garden on the grass, just looking up at the stars, kind of chatting and stuff like that. And just looking at the stars and being overwhelmed with the grandeur that was around. And the thing about this was that at this point in my life, I wasn't a Christian. I had no belief in God. I'd lived my life, and I've mentioned this before, up until around this time in my life, I'd lived a life that the idea of God was foolishness. You would have to be mad to believe in God was what I felt. That was my belief. But this friend that I had, Gary, he, he wasn't what you would call a model Christian. In fact, he probably wasn't what you would call a Christian even. He just believed in God. He just believed in God. And this kind of period in my life transformed it. Come on. Let's say it like we mean it. Can we get it up on the board? I am... A child of God. So I am entitled to all of the benefits that that brings. Right now, I'm ready to listen to all that God has to say to me and to respond with faith, belief, and be changed by His word. Amen. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Are you ready to hear the word of God? Gary believed in God. He, his belief in God was, like I say, he wasn't a Christian. I'm not saying he was a Christian or anything like that, but he believed in God. And he had this belief in God that actually, unfortunately, some Christians don't have. This belief in God that he had at that time, I've not seen him for many, many years, so I don't know where he's at or what he's up to. He could be dead by now, that's probably very likely. But he had this belief in God that God was looking out for him and watching over him wherever he went and whatever he did. Now that might sound slightly contradictory when I'm saying he might be dead now, but the, he, 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 he wasn't a Christian. And we were living a lifestyle that was not a Christian lifestyle. We were taking drugs, a lot of them. We went on. I can't remember whether it was before or after this. We, we took heroin. We, we, this was an extreme lifestyle. This wasn't a good period in my life. This was a very, very dark time in my life. But in the midst of perhaps the darkest time in my life, God spoke to me. He spoke to me and called me through an imperfect person. Isn't that incredible? God used an imperfect person to speak to me about faith and about his existence. Now, I didn't really understand it completely at the time. I didn't understand God at the time. How could I? How could I? But I saw his faith and his belief that there was a, a force of power, which this was all I understood at the time, greater than him, greater than any other power or force in the universe, that was watching over him and looking after him. And I wanted what he had. I wanted that. I wanted that assurance, that belief, that, that thing going around with me that knew that I was being looked after, that I was being watched out for, wherever it went, that the, the, there was an assurance of faith in it. I wanted it. I just wanted it. I saw it in him and I just wanted it. And you know what? I got it. I got it. And more. How many of you in here believe that God is watching out for you, that there's a creator, that there's an all-powerful man, the creator of the universe, the creator of the universe who is watching over you, wherever you go, wherever you are, he is there for you. He's only ever a prayer away. And he's on your side. He's on your side. He's for you. And he can. And he does want you. Want you you who is a Christian in this place, to go and to tell others about him and to tell others about his great love, about his great power. He wants you to do that. You as who you may think you're imperfect, you may think, well, who am I? I'm no good. And believe me, I am sure most of you are probably characterised a lot better than Gary was and I was at that point in my life in those dark moments. I didn't really care about his faults. His faults really didn't speak to me. I didn't really know about theology at the point. But in that dark moment that I was in in my life, when I was searching for who I was, when I was searching for what my purpose and calling, even though I didn't even know what them words meant at that point, in the midst of that, I just wanted that faith. I just wanted that connection with God. And God brought me. I mean, now it's different. At that point, I just wanted that connection with God. Now I understand that God wants more than just that. He doesn't just want us to have that assurance that He's with us wherever we go. I mean, that's great, isn't it? That's really good and powerful. And I've just bigged it up, so I'm not trying to bring it down now. But God wants more than that. Let me tell you, God wants you to know who you are in Him. And He wants you to know that who you are in Him, is He wants that to be more and more like Him. He wants you to be like him. He wants to transform you and to make you into the very image of Christ. He wants to transform your life and make something incredible and beautiful out of it. He's got a call. He's got a purpose. He doesn't just want to bless you all the time. He wants to be a father to you. He wants to rebuke you at times. He wants to keep you on the straight and narrow. He wants to discipline you even. It says in the word that God disciplines those he loves. He wants to look after you. He wants to bring you to perfection. And He will, if you will allow Him. If you will side with Him. If you will align yourself with Him. He will bring you. He is able to bring you to perfection. He is well able. So this morning, I want to give you six reasons. Six reasons why We should tell people about God. Six reasons why we should be telling people about God. This is for the Christian in here. If you're not a Christian, feel free to still tell people about God. If you're kind of like, hey, you know, I, I, Barry, I'm not sure I'm a Christian, but I still want to tell people about God. I, I, I don't know why. Maybe you're like Gary. Maybe you just have this belief in God. Then, hey, who am I to stop you? In fact, there's a famous story in the Bible. If you're thinking that's messing with your theology, I like to be controversial at times. If you don't like anything I say, come and ask me. Come and come and challenge me with it, and I'll talk it through with you gladly. But listen, let me explain to you. You, you know, in in the, in, the, in the New Testament, there was a moment when the disciples came to Jesus and He said, Lord, Lord, they're casting out demons in your name, but they're not one of us. In other words, they're not Christians, but they're doing your works. Jesus said, leave them alone. So don't stop them. Leave them alone. If they're not against us, then they're for us. Number one. Number one. This is like, you know when someone does you a good turn and you feel indebted? and you feel like you you need to do back you need to do good back yeah yeah there was a, a moment in Jesus ministry when like any good leader he got his his people together and he sent them out to do the very thing that we're going to ask you this week to do that we've been talking about for the last few weeks if you've been with us And he got his disciples, he got his people. It was more than just the 12, this was the 72. He got all of them together and he said, I want you to go out and I want you to tell people, go from place to place. And I don't want to get too much into the story and what he did. That's not for this morning. But like any good leader, he got them together and he gave them a great leadership speech, an inspirational, motivational talk to set them on their path, to go out because they were going out to tell people about God. That's a scary thing. Does that scare anyone? scares me. I, maybe there's only two of us, three of us. Three of us anyway. We have a few more hands going up now. frightens the life out of me, to be honest with you. Maybe I'm just a bad Christian, I don't know. But it scares the wits out of me. I think it scares the wits out of most of us, if we're honest. And in the midst of this speech that he gave, he said this. He said, freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received. And he was talking to a group of people that had received great things from God, from Himself, Jesus, who was God on earth at that point. He said, freely, you've all you've got from God. Think about this for a moment, Christian. Everything you have, every blessing that God has ever given you, what did it cost you? In terms of with God, I mean. Did you pay for it? Have you, is it like, sh- going to my daughter's off to university, she's about to get, I don't know, 10, 20, 30, 50 grand in debt, who knows, it's, it could be more than that by the, at the moment. Anyone go to university and it was virtually free? I, I was, it was just starting to charge when I went, so a little bit. Didn't cost us anything, did it? Didn't cost us a penny. We were given it for free, for free. Now there's a call on our lives. There's a charge on our lives now, but that's because we've received freely. Now God wants us to freely give. He wants us to, 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 to go and give our reasonable service. That's what he wants from us. And like any good leader, he gave this great speech, motivational talk, One translation says, freely without pay you received, now freely without charge go and give. All the forgiveness, all the blessings that you Christian received cost you nothing. The price was paid. I was expecting something a bit louder than that. Is, is anyone wanting to get, I mean, listen, the, the place is, 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 you know, we've got a good number of people in full, perhaps, yeah? And, and, and I'm guessing you've come here for, for a good word, yeah? yeah. Right, let, let me help you out. I'm going to help you out here, all right? The, the quality of the word you're going to get is not just down to me, yeah. Yeah. right? This is really important. This is not me trying to hype you up. I am hyping you up. right? I'm hyping you up a little bit here, right? But for your benefit, the quality of the message you're going to get is just as much down to you as it is down to me. Have you ever been in that situation, that position where you just feel on top of the world? You just kind of like you're in the zone. You know that you can do anything. You know that you've got this. Maybe it's a football game. Maybe it's a sporting event. Maybe it's a paper you've got to write. Maybe it's a task at work. Maybe it's something with your kids and the challenge you're just like, no, nah, I've been here before. I know how to handle you. You're not having that. Maybe you're lorrying the classes, playing you up in at school, and you're like, nah, you're not getting away with it today. I'm, I'm the man, and and right, you there, you there, you do that, and you're just sorted. You know what you're doing. You, you, you're in the zone, aren't you? You're all powerful. You're all confident and everything. Listen, you, you need to be in that, in that moment, in that moment right now, in that moment of faith. It's called faith. And someone said to me the other week, about three weeks ago, someone was in the church and they said to me this. They said, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating this. I'm deadly serious. They said, that message that I just heard, they said, I sat there and, and, and there was a moment when I turned around and I looked around the room. These are pretty much the exact words. They said, I looked around the room and I was looking to see why aren't people on their feet cheering and shouting and proclaiming and going, Going, oh, that is amazing. That is incredible. <laughs> is, this, I mean, is this making sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally, these, this was their words. They said, I, I looked around the room and they said, I could not understand why people weren't on their feet going, wow, this is amazing. I actually said to this person, well, why weren't you? <laughs> And I'm saying it to you now. Yeah. Listen, this ain't for my benefit, right? This is for your benefit. If you hear something that you think is good, then shout out and say, that's brilliant, amen, whatever, whatever it floats your boat, whatever your kind of, you know, brand of Christianity is, go for it. It's only a brand. There's only one form of Christianity, yeah. and that's the Bible. Yeah. So num- Come on, that's it, Laurie. Have some of that. <laughs> There's level eight, we'll have level eight, that's okay, we'll get there. We want to, I want a bit of level 10 though as well, you know. So number one, right, you have been blessed, incredibly blessed. It is our duty when, you, when someone has done you a good turn to do a good turn back. Number one, point number one, God wants you to go and tell others about God because of what he's done for you, Christian, I'm just going to stop at various points. And I ain't moving. I'm not budging until I... (laughs) Right, number two. Let's crack on because time is short. Number two, and I'm determined to get through this. Number two. (laughs) In fact, did you hear what I just said? Time is short. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. That's point number two. I went and looked at my notes and I'm like, time is short. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I've just said it as well. Number two, point number two. Time is short. Short. We have had three funerals already this year in this church, right? Now, here's the thing. Time is short in two different ways. Time is short for us personally. The Bible says only a fool, I am paraphrasing this a little bit, but I promise you I'm not taking liberties. Only a fool lives their life as if there will always be a tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Right. Just think about that for a moment. The Bible says only a fool lives his life or her life as if there will always be a tomorrow. Yeah. You fool, Jesus said to one man. This very night your life will be demanded of you. Mm-hmm. This world not only on a personal level is time short, but on a global level, time is short. This world is destined, if you've read the word, if you understand the word, you have any understanding of the word at all, this world will not last forever. It's kind of obvious, isn't it? We've got a couple of guys in power that, like, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to say who I'm talking about. It could be any global leader, because I don't want to get political. I like some of Boris. I actually like some of Boris. I like some of Trump. That might get me, I'm being controversial now, aren't I? I Whoa, Uh, let's let's not go too far. I said some, not all, some. This world ain't gonna last forever. Do do you realize that? Iran are are developing nuclear weapons. At, At any point, it could all just kick off. North Korea are determined to develop nuclear weapons. Do you think these guys won't develop them in the end? Do you think that's not going to happen? Do you think they're just going to sit back when the rest of the world has got nuclear weapons and they're not just going to go, well, do you know what? You've had them for the last 50 years. Now it's our turn. Let's play around with these big boys. Let's show you that we've got some power now. Let's press a few buttons. Do you think these guys care? Some of their theology is like, let's just wipe out half the world and that suits what we believe. That suits what we believe. That might not be the way it happened. I don't know how the end of the world's going to happen. But I do know it's not going to last forever. I do know the Bible says there's going to be one final conflict. One final battle. The battle of Armageddon. It's going to happen. This is stuff in the Bible. I know some of you haven't read it. Some of you have. This is in the word. This world will not last forever. Eventually God is going to say, I'm I'm calling time. Enough is enough. I started the world perfectly. You messed up. And I've given you lots of grace, millennia of grace, generations of grace I've given you. I've given you time and time and time. And it says God's not, not, not impatient. Sorry, he's not, what's, how's he put it? He's not like just kind of waiting forever. Eventually his patience is going to run out. Not in a kind of way where he's oh, I'm fed up with you lot, but in a way of, no, I've given you enough time now. It's his plan. Yeah. It's his plan. Absolutely, it's his plan. And then he's going to say, now is the moment. And only God the Father knows that moment. That could happen to you or me at any point to all of us. And this is over. We could, this very day our life be demanded of us. Or this world could pass away. And the same for those out there. For your loved ones, your friends, your family, your relatives, all those people out there that that you're wanting to become a Christian, that you know they need to know about God. I don't know that they've got a tomorrow. I don't even know that you've got a tomorrow. I don't even know that I've got a tomorrow. Time is short. If we don't hurry, we will lose our opportunity. And if you don't tell them, if you don't tell them, who do you think will? whose job is it look around and say it's their job it's, it's the job of the evangelist that isn't it it's the job of the guy who's, you know, who's called to do it And it's, I, don't, I don't have that theology in my life I look at myself first I look at me first start with me start with me number three point number three kind of obvious one but I, I think this is really, really powerful. Who do you love in your world? Who, who is in your world that you love and you care for and you want to become a Christian? You, you, you know that you, know, you want to see them become a Christian. Then let me ask you this, right? How much do you love them? How much? How much? Do you love them to never give up? Do you love them enough to never, ever give up? To keep on, to keep on telling them, to keep on talking to them? Do you love them enough to never stop believing? Do you love them enough to never stop trying? Do you love them enough to outlast the enemy's work in their life? Because he ain't going to give up. He's waiting for you to give up. So do you love them enough that you will outlast him? Because his time's numbered. We're going to live forever. Come on, that's it. Come on, Tony. There we go. That's a seven. Seven and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Bible says, in fact, let me tell you this. Some of you in here, right, you're just scared. You don't tell people. You don't talk to people about God because you're scared. You're like me, you're petrified. You're like, what? <laughs> talk to them about God. Do, have, you, have you heard the news? Have you listened to the BBC and now they talk about God and you know, and all these people, have you heard them? And you're just scared. Some of you are just scared. You're just downright too scared to tell them. We make all the excuses of why we're not telling them. Oh, we're doing friendship evangelism. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm being a good mate to them and, and they know I'm a Christian. And, and But you don't ever really take it any further than that because you're just scared. But guess what? Bible says, perfect love yeah. casts out. There's an eight right there. Even an eight point five. Come on, nine. Come on. Perfect love casts out all fear. Yeah. Yeah. All fear. Yeah. Your fear. Their fear. Where there is love, there is no fear. Yeah. How can you fear someone that you love? If they slap you in the face, if you love them, turn the other cheek. Let them do it again. Perfect love casts out all fear. There is nothing to fear. It's it's fear that's holding some of you back. And I want to tell you this, right? Face your emotions. Own up to it. I'm scared. I'm petrified of speaking to them about God. You've got to face your emotions. You've got to put your hand up and say, I'm scared. I'm scared of doing it and then do it anyway. You've got to do it scared. You've got to push through. You've got to do it scared. That's what people do. You're looking around at other people that do it and you're thinking, yeah, but they're not scared. What you don't realize is they are just as scared as you. It's just that they know it and they're doing it scared. They're facing their fears. They accept it, but they do it anyway, and they never give up, and they keep on going, and that's the charge on us, church. Anyone up for it? Anyone feeling motivated? Come on. on. Some disappointments that you see, that, you know, when it doesn't happen, that's just the enemy going, it's all right, I'm just going to keep trying you and keep blocking you, because I know you're going to give up in the end. Have you realized that? You think it's like, oh, yeah, I tried and it didn't work. No, it's just the enemy getting in there, stopping you that time because he knows now you're going to give up. You've tried once and you're like, well, it didn't work that time, so I'm not going to try again. It's like, job done. That was easy. Does that make sense? Uh, Think about this. Some of your disappointments are just the enemy all he's doing is he's stopping you and blocking you because he knows when he does, you will give up and you won't try again. And he's like, I've won. Don't have to do anymore. They've stopped. They've given up. Ah, oh, we've got to fight. Yeah. Yeah. We we're up more than conquerors. Yeah, yeah. All the power and authority yeah. that Jesus had The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you who is born again and has the Holy Spirit in him. The same power. The same power. Come on, there's a 10 right there. The same power. The same power. It dwells in you. It dwells in me. We are powerful. The enemy knows it. Some of your neighbors know it. Some of your work colleagues know it. Just you that doesn't know it. We are a, look around, guys. We're strong and mighty. Just get the house lights up for a minute. Get them lights on full. Come on, get them on. Let's see these beautiful people. I'm gonna embarrass you all. Look around, look around at what we've got here. Look at this. We're an army. We're an army. I'm going all scouts now. Come on, lad, we're an army. We can take on the world. We can do anything. Jesus said we can do anything. Anything. Him yeah. who believes he can do anything. Yeah. We're an army. Yes. You up Come on. for this? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Okay. I'll quiet it down a little bit because <laughs> I was getting a bit away with it there, wasn't I? Let's bring it down. Come on, let's bring it down. In fact, this next point this needs a bit of gravitas, this one. So let's, let's get, get in the zone. Number four. No, 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 you went too soon there, mate. <laughs> nice try. Close, but no cigar. Number four. <coughs> it's not even on the list. Number four. <laughs> That's n- it's not even on the list, that one. Number four, authority. Yeah. Authority. Think about this for a moment. Again, there's a couple of different angles on this one. Number four is authority. Just touched on it right there, then. We have the power. We have the power. You have the power. You have the authority. You have the authority. It's just that we spend too long acting like we haven't, acting like we're weak, acting like we're defeated, acting like we kind of, they've got more power than us. We're scared of them. They should be scared of us. They shouldn't be actually because we're not out to get them, but you know what I mean? Number one, the authority works two ways because the first part of the authority is this. God says we should do it right? I'm not just stood up here in my own strength telling you we should go out and tell people about God, right? I'm stood up here telling you in the name of God, in the power of God, because he's made me a mouthpiece to stand up here and tell you this because he wants you to hear this. It's from his mouth. He wants you to go and tell people about God, about him, about his great love, about his mercies, his never-ending mercies. He wants you to do that, The Great Commission, he wants us to go and tell the world, let alone the people in your street and the ones you work with and your family. He wants us to go and tell the world. He's told us as a church, in fact, Hannah Boward, who was up on this screen not that long ago, her mum and dad, who were pastors in a church in America, uh, when she was here with us for a year, they came over for fortnight. Some of you will remember Chris got up and preached, great man, amazing man of God, And he came with a a, a vision for our church. He said to me about a week in, he said, Barry, he said, I was praying before I came to your church. Ask Hannah when she's here next week. He said, I was praying for your church before I came. He said, and I I wasn't sure whether I I was going to be at liberty to share this with you or not. He said, but when I was praying, I was asking God, God, have you got something to, to go and take to them, to go and give to them? And he said this, he said, God gave me this. This church, these were his words, not mine. He said that this church will be 1% of the population of Warrington. Come on, Joyce. Come on. Now, a couple of years later, so I just took that maybe 18 months later, and I just went, okay, I'll just hold that in my heart. A bit like Mary, you know, just, okay, that's great. I hold that in my heart. I don't really know what to do with that. I don't know how I handle that or what, where we go or whatever. Do we just sit back and let God do it and see, see it happen? Not quite sure that's what was going on. But anyway, about 18 months later, I'm at the top of Pexil, Hill, I know of all places, and I'm praying and I'm saying, God, I, you know, what's the vision again? Just give me more of a vision for the church. And he's like, I gave you it 18 months ago. That was me what he said to me, he said, that was me, if you want it, I'm like, I want it, and he's like, yeah, it's the price to pay, I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on, give me a minute, um, um, no, no, I didn't do that, I'm just playing, God wants us to, to, the 1% of this town, I think that's great, I love it, because it leaves the other 99 for the other churches, we're not trying to take everyone, we're not doing that, 1% is like the lost sheep, in it? I'm like, that's like the lost sheep. Leave the 99 and go after the one. I'm like, give me the 1%, God. Facts, God, give us the 1%, God. I ask you again right now, Lord, in, in the midst of this congregation, I ask you again, Lord, give us the 1% in Jesus' name. Come on. Some of you think you're weak, but God says, let the weak say they are strong. Let the weak say they are strong. When you're weak, you are strong. You are not weak, you are strong. We are the light of the world. That's what Jesus said. Listen to this, Ephesians 4, verses 10 to 16. I think we're going to get this up on the on board, aren't we, Sam? Thank you, mate. It says this, it says, He who descended is the one who also ascended. Now, this is talking about when Jesus died. And he descended into hell. He descended. It's it's saying if he ascended, it's because he descended first into hell when he died. And when he went down into hell, he won the victory. He took the keys. And then he took the final victory when he rose again. And when he rose again, that was the ultimate victory over everything, over death. Oh, death, where is your sting? Yeah, yeah. Where is your sting? It says, he who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. Yeah. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or pastors, as another trans- other translations put it, and teachers, why? To equip the saints. That's us. Yeah. You know when they say Saint John, Saint Mark, that's a load of rubbish. We're all saints. Yeah. They do it like if you know you have to be sainted by man. You are a saint when you become a Christian. It's right here in the word. Yeah. When you become a Christian, you are a saint. Yeah. Saint Eli, yeah. Saint Sophie, Saint Vicky. And on and on and on. To equip the saints. Jesus descended to equip us. Yeah. To give us the power. The power. We've been equipped. We're not being left here on our own. Weak with no weapons or no, 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 nothing to fight with or anything like that. No, we've been given tools. Yeah. For the work of the ministry. For building up. Listen to this. The body of Christ. Do you know what the body of Christ is? It's the church. He's the head. We're the body. We're the body of Christ. To build up the church. Mm -hmm. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith. Do you know how important unity is? God will not abide disunity and discord and neither should we and neither should we until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of christ in other words that you would be everything that you should be in god Everything, nothing missing, no bit left out that you would attain and achieve it all. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind and doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way. Grow up, church. <laughs> I say that in a nice way. Grow up, church. Into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body is joined and held together by every joint which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? Ephesians 4. Powerful you read what it says next, no more moaning, no more complaining, no more whinging. Number five, Vicky's message last week, right? Number five is, is to do with Vicky's message last week. Vicky's message last week was all about how we are, we are preaching, we are witnessing all the time. I know that because I sat there taking notes. Anyone, anyone not taking notes in here today? Anyone not taking notes? Yeah, listen, take notes take notes. Seriously, take notes. Sorry, don't mean to embarrass you. Take notes. I sit there, I, I'm, I'm the pastor with Vicky, and I sit there when other people preach and I take notes. I sit there and listen to what God's telling me. I keep a journal. I've got ju- a journal. I've been doing it for about 12 years now. And you know what? That is going to form the basis of, of so much stuff that God's going to do in and through me. And that's biblical. That's right. And you can do that too. And you should do that too. There's things that God's going to do in your life that you're going to forget unless you've written it down, it's a legacy for your kids, and and for, you know, so you can see what God's done, and you can give the testimony, write down your fears as well, and and the bad stuff, and when you're scared, and all of that stuff, write that down as well, because then when that's been dealt with, you can go, wow, look how I felt then, and look where I am now, haven't I grown, thank you God. But here's the thing, right? Number five, so Vicky's all about, we're kind of witnessing all the time by our life was was one of the points she was making, by who we are, our life. Living epistles, read and known of all men, the Bible says that means we are the books of God. We are the Bible to the world who don't know him because they're looking at us and they're reading us like we're a book, like we're God, like we're what a Christian should be. Frightening that, isn't it? They're looking at you and going, oh, so that's how a Christian should behave, is it? So they should be calling people behind the back. And they should be kind of swearing and they should be doing all this kind of stuff, yeah? That when they see you do that, they're looking at you and going, oh, so is that, that's what a Christian should do, is it? Think about that for a moment. But I want to come at this from a different angle. And that is that, okay, so if we're, if we're genuine about doing that, right? Imagine there's a drought and you've got a cloud up there. And it's a, it's a rain cloud, you can see it and, and you're thinking, brilliant, the, the, the rain's coming, it's going to water my garden, uh, you know, it's going brown and, and I know there's drought on and I'm fed up with this hose pipe band and all this kind of stuff and you see it and you're like, yep, the thund- all the clouds coming, the thunder clouds, and, and you're like, brilliant, this is it, here comes the rain, it's coming. And they stay there and then a few days pass and, and they're just still there. And you're thinking, well, it's coming any moment now. They must be getting fatter and fuller and, and bigger and so on. And you keep looking at them and you keep looking at them, but nothing ever happens. They never bring forth rain You see, we're to live the life. We're to be a constant witness. But if you never, ever, ever, ever actually speak to people about God, invite them, give them a challenge, give them an opportunity, talk with them. You're like a cloud that promises rain and never delivers. Consistency. We need to be consistent. And the final point, I'm not doing bad for time. We've gone slightly over. Ban's going to get up and give you some hope any second now. Number six (laughs) is this. Is that all around the world, all over the world, Christians this week are going and telling people about God. Many of them are doing it knowing that they are risking their very lives. You might think, I'd I'd risk my life, I'd do that. What about the ones who are risking the lives of their loved ones? Because when the enemy knows that getting you won't help, then he'll attack your loved ones. And in some countries, Christians, their families are being persecuted for what they're doing. Around the world, people are standing up for their faith. They're telling people about God. They are not ashamed of what they believe in. They may not be standing with the A-frame, the wooden board, telling them you repent or you go into hell. I don't think that's the way to do it personally. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please, I don't, I don't really want us to do that. I want us to tell people in love. To tell them of God's great mercy and his great love how much he loves you, how much he's already, what he's done for you in your life, that great love that you have in your life and that they can have it too. That they can have it too. All over the world. Got a song? Thanks, Fat Mom. Thanks, guys.